Up Radio. I am your host, Joel Saiji. Make me free. And welcome to On the Wake Up Radio Show. This is your host, Joel Saiji, and you're listening to Make Me Free. We want to shout out as well our super producer, Sydney Ashby. And you can call in live yourself at 844-818-4433. It is 299 per minute. You must be 18 years or older to participate. You can also catch replays on otw2.com, Google, Apple Products, SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and as well, iHeartRadio. The new website is up, as just mentioned, otw2.com, where it is free, speech-friendly, no censorship, where you can sign up today. Also, if you can, please donate to maybe $5 or any amount, which will go directly to our website. As well, our airtime, it is a labor of love, but we still live in a costly world, as you can look around and see that for yourself. And if you appreciate the free content, help us please keep the message uncensored and free, where you can donate through PayPal at onthewakeupradio at gmail.com. And again, that is PayPal at onthewakeupradio at gmail.com. And as well as Cash App, dollar sign on the Wake Up Radio. And then a Zelly at on the wake up radio at gmail.com and again thank you all for tuning in tonight for those who tuning in for the first time as well as those that's been here since the beginning love light and peace and again thank you all for tuning in we have our special guest in the house tonight jennifer nunez how you doing as well jennifer i'm doing great i'm oh, excited yeah. to be here joe Yes, it's been a minute for uh, us to get this scheduling right, but you're finally here, and I do appreciate you spending time with us today. Likewise, thank you. <laughs> yes, yes. Now, again, uh, Jennifer Nunez is a organic farmer uh, out here serving the community garden out, the, out in the Las Vegas area. We want to welcome you to the two tonight's show. Thank you, thank you. Uh, now, um, if you can, uh, maybe just give them maybe a, a little bit of background on maybe uh, some of your uh, education uh, and what got you to uh, where you're at now. Okay. Uh, yeah, so I'm 29 years old and I'm currently living in Las Vegas and I'm doing some gardening for the public schools here. And I think this journey all started when I was younger, right? My mom always had this love for the outdoors and she shared this love with me and it just blossomed from there. It started with hiking and then I moved out to Yosemite and then it just became, I don't know, I, I just fell so in love with the outdoors that I knew that I wanted to go back to school and do something with it. I didn't know what route I was going to take. So when I decided to go back, it was in, uh, when the pandemic hit. I was like, okay, I don't want to be stuck not having a job, not being able to like figure something out. So I decided to go to school in Iowa, which is totally different for me. Like I'm from the West Coast, have never been to the Midwest or the East Coast. So I was just like, oh my God. But what drew me there was the school itself. Uh, it's called MIU, and we do a type of meditation there. So I knew I wanted an education, but I also wanted to better myself. Uh, and the school offered sustainable living, which was a route that I can use to get into the national park system. And that's initially how I wanted to go. But when I got there, I got a job with the MIU farm, and I just fell in love with it. Just like I would wash the produce and I would have to seed, seed the plants and 
it was just this I can't even explain it and just reminded me of growing up with my dad and watching him grow food in our backyard in Modesto, California. And I knew I had to switch my major. Like I I knew this route was gonna take me somewhere. I don't know though so I'm still like trying to figure out where I'm going with it, but I know that my love for food and the way to grow it organically and give access to organic food to people is what I want to do. And so I'm currently on my second year, going into my third year, and that's my background for right now. Well, that's well, that's great. That's great. Um, now, with that, uh, you taking on the education of uh, uh, soil science. Yes, I had to take a couple of classes on that. Yeah. Now, with soil science, I kind of uh, found that interesting myself, uh, as you have partnered yourself uh, amongst uh, one of our uh, past guest Nevada plant uh, that was uh, Lisa and Mario talking about their their uh, their uh, group and that they're uh, giving away trees for planting and I thought it was wonderful to have you on the show uh, to maybe uh, maybe extend that conversation into the soil and the uh, and the importance of the soil uh, for planting. Yeah, so. For, for me, before I went up there, I had watched this movie called The Need to Grow. And I do think that everyone should watch this movie because it talks about the importance of soil. And I never knew that soil actually helped with the, car- with the carbon in the air, like the carbon dioxide, it takes it out. So I was just fascinated by this movie. And when we went up, to, when I went up there, we started talking about how the soil actually has 17 nutritions that we need, right? It has a potassium, it has phosphorus, it has nitrogen. And without these, well, those are the three main nutrition it needs. So without these nutritions, you're not going to be able to grow food or well, like good, healthy food. And for me, yeah, go ahead. No, can you cover those three again? Nitrogen, what the three main... Important nitrogen, nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium. And no. well, what so, is the importance of each, maybe? Well, you need they're called my those three are called the micronutrients. And you just so all our plants need what are the other ones that are on here? Um, sorry about this. So, you also need. Sulfur, calcium, magnesium, zinc. So if we don't have this in our in our foods or in our plants, then all those vitamins that we're we need in our system, we're not getting it from the food. And on top of that, a lot of our food's already processed at the market. So this is why I think it's important to grow gardens, right? Because if you grow your own garden at home, you're helping that that soil that's in front of your house get more healthy and then it's going to draw in more carbon and then the air that we're breathing is more clean because of these gardens that we're growing and this is why urban gardening is even more important right because in inner cities we have so much pollution from cars and just like here in vegas from the casinos as well and all the tourists that come so like it is super important what nevada plants is doing like they're giving out trees and these trees are going to give out cleaner oxygen because they're drawing in all the carbon dioxide that the, that we're putting out as humans and with, by our consumption and the way that we, we live. So 
Yeah, I don't know if you needed more basic questions for soil, but this is why I think it's more like important to focus on it. True indeed, true indeed, and we 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 are behind you 100% on that. Uh, I want to ask you a question too. Some of those uh, uh, minerals or nutritions uh, that the ground needs for uh, sparking uh, the uh, life of the plant itself, uh, we have. Uh, man-made, I guess, uh, fertilizer uh, that kind of like carries that versus uh, composite, uh, from which I know you specialize in. Can you tell us the difference of, of, of one versus the other? Yeah, so you, fertilizers, like man-engineer man fertilizers, and definitely if they're, if they're not organic, they're gases. There were gases that were used in the Holocaust in the gas chambers to kill people. So, this is why I don't use stuff that's not organic and definitely not the fertilizers, definitely not the pesticides because they all come from those gases. And if those gases were used to kill people, then how do we not expect that to give us cancer or to give us these diseases that a lot of people in the U.S. are living with, right? Because we eat this super unhealthy diet. And the versus compost or even using like eggshells and banana peels is way better than using these man-made fertilizers. We have everything we need to give to the soil in our fridges by cutting off those peels and saving those peels in the compost bin at home. That's the way you guys can contribute to making our soil better. So what what would a, a, a compost uh, consist of if you were making it maybe right now? If you were trying to maybe start off, actually, I was looking at earth uh, earthworm bins today. Like the three, there's three layer ones. Um, so that's a good way if you have like an outdoor area, right? You can either make one, which they're uh, epic gardeners. I think they're called uh, on YouTube. They do a lot of these like uh, videos where they teach you how to like start compost bins. So with compost, I guess I can, I can start off with the different kind of compost there is. I believe there's about six different or five different kind of types of compo uh, compost that you can do, which the first one is called hot composting. And it's just where you add dry dry leaves or like any, any like brown dries or a cardboard. You can even throw cardboard in there or your paper bags from the grocery. Uh, and then you like rash uh, uh use like 50 50 i think or in volume i think it's in volume i believe it's two and one ratio uh where you would use more green than the browns and and the, the greens obviously are all that food scrap that you're collecting from your kitchen or like if you have dead plants that died in your garden or stuff that you're cutting out like old broccoli you can you can compost all that and so that was the first one that's called hot composting and then the second one would be like cold composting where you just collect it right so you could put uh, the, the browns which is all the dry stuff and then you could put greens and then you just layer it like that and you pretty much just leave it alone and you rotate it every once in a while but that's like that's why it's called cold compost because you're not really messing with it and then you got vermicompost which is the worms where you use worms in it and it's like combined with hot composting which is the one that you do 
you, the hot compost is you're rotating it like maybe three or four times a week and then you're adding water to it you're making it have gas exchange in there so that's why it's a hot compost because it, it it heats up and you have to regulate it that's why you have to like mix it up because it could catch on fire if you leave it alone for too long and the worms for me vermo composting is what calls like is like my biggest interest and why i want to buy an earthworm bin because that way it's easier for people so you have one bin at the bottom where it's going to be like your finished compost then you got one that's like half ways and then the very top one is where you're adding your browns and your greens and you're mixing it and once you see that it breaks down a little bit more you you throw it into that third chamber i mean the second chamber and then you keep mixing it and then when you see it break down more you throw it into the third chamber where all the worms are at and the worms start eating all that stuff you can still put well you're supposed to put the worms throughout the three layers of the of of the uh, worm bins and then at the bottom, it's all the worm poop that collects, and that is the best fertilizer you can use on your garden, along with coffee beans, and like I said, eggshells and bananas. So that's why I, I think composting itself is so good because you also are saving all the waste that you're gonna throw into the trash that goes to these landfills. So you're, you're helping the soil, you're also feeding the worms, and then you're also saving waste. Mm-hmm. Right, right. So recycling at the same time and basically sustainable yeah. uh, method, uh, I believe, is what we're really talking about, too. Um, now, I want to talk about uh, outdoor gardening versus indoor gardening, say, like uh, metropolitan New York versus uh, the plains. I mean, the dry region out here in Vegas versus the richness uh, in Iowa or Illinois, so to speak, uh, the soil difference. Uh, the differences mm-hmm. okay so the climate definitely affects it right so in wetter areas and like the midwest you're going to have richer soils because what happens is that the top layer doesn't get as dry and your top layer is where you have all that humus which is like the live the live soil that has the microorganisms in there so you got roly polies you got um worms you got all different kinds of insects in there and microorganisms so that's why the soil is so rich out there because it's as dry so nothing's killing it off compared to las vegas where we have this sun that's always like beaming on us right so the soil the top soil just dies off and so it's harder to keep the soil more alive here in Las Vegas compared to the Midwest and to colder climates too. Like, so New York is really, really cold. So there you can't even plant anything during the winter because you can't even access the ground because it's free, it's frozen and nothing's going to grow there. So the climates do affect it. And the best way you can do like here in Las Vegas in the summer, you're not, you can't have overhanged sprinklers like irrigation it's called irrigation but sprinkler heads you can't water with that because that water is going to land on the leaves and it will just wilt it the sun will just kill it off so that's why it's so important to have drip irrigation or bottom water like if you can do self-watering which is like if you have pots that have holes in the bottom you could put a a tray or a bowl in the bottom with water and then the plant will feed itself like it will access the water whenever it needs it through those bottom holes mm-hmm. or you or you can do drip irrigation or like like top with a little uh water pot 
water in it, but you have to do it low to the soil because you don't want that water to reach, like, land on the leaves. It'll just completely destroy the leaves. I had, Actually, I put a marigold outside in my house, and I'm guessing the irrigation is, like, broken. The sprinkler had it because it completely welted in my plant because it was wet, and then the sun came out, and it it just burned it. It killed it off. And we're not even in summer yet. It's, like, 90 in Las Vegas. <laughs> Right, yeah. I was just noticing that too. I was outside, I was like, "Yeah, this sun is not even disrespectful yet, but it's about." To be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've definitely gotten a couple of darker shades out here in Vegas compared to the Midwest. <laughs> now, I want to talk about uh, companion planting, and for those that are uh, not familiar with it, can you explain what that process is? Yeah, it's like a buddy system. That's what I like to call it. Um, at the school. When I go to teach, that's what I tell the kids, right? I try to teach them to have a buddy and to work with in the garden. So I'm like, oh, pick your best friend or pick somebody you think needs help. And they become buddies in the garden. And that's the same thing for our plants. Like you can grow the three sisters is the best example, right? And this is a practice that was, this is a method that was used with all throughout like North America and Latin America and you would grow the corn and then you would grow you would grow the beans next to it because beans tend to grow up right and they need a trellis so they can use the corn to grow up it and then you put squash on the bottom so it can keep the ground moist because squash are very low to the ground and they have broad uh, broad leaves so they they cover the ground they shade the ground so compared to like a ground that's not covered a corn plant that's not covered will use more water than a corn plant that has squash around it. So this is why it's important to have these. And actually, Mario from um, Nevada Plants is so big on, like, agroforestry, right? And it's, like, having these trees and then growing growing these around these trees. You grow an artichoke, right? Because an artichoke is also a perennial plant. And, I mean, a perennial means it'll come back every year. Mm. So you want to put these artichokes around the trees and it's called a tree gill. So then it keeps the tree moist. Like it won't need as much water because then the ground around it is covered and also is covered by healthy, uh, healthy plants, right? So you can do a lot of herbs around your trees. He was talking to me about how he's doing this whole garden in front of his house and it's based on agroforestry. And to have that in Las Vegas is so important, right? Because we need to cover our ground from this beaming sun compared to like Iowa where it rains like all spring and then you the ground is covered with all these luscious native plants or grass or and then you got cows like everywhere so that soil that's why it's so rich right because you also have these cows a lot of people or the at least the farms that practice organic farming have these cows grazing on their land like mm-hmm. 120 days out of the, out of the out of the year so you have to think like the soil is super fertilized because they're they're pooping on it and they're eating it and then they're doing it the whole cycle all over again compared to las vegas where we just have cars and a bunch of noise true yeah let's talk about uh sustainable living uh living uh as well as farming uh in a little aspect that we were talking about maybe earlier uh sometime before the show yeah um so sustainable living i think is it ties to urban, I mean, organic farming, right? Because you're trying to create this system where we're not 
taking more from Earth's resources. And so for me, I think that's why I switched my degree from sustainable living to organic farming because sustainability is not, that's not, that's not my goal no more. Um, simply because we're not doing anything to fix it. Like we're only, sustainability is just like, okay, let's, how, how would I explain it? Like, okay, let's do this for right now and make it better, but they're not really finding solutions to it compared to re regenerative agriculture, right? You're trying to create, create a closed system. Like, so on a farm, if you have cows and you're trying to, to do your you're trying to do your own compost and you're trying to have your own chickens and you're trying to not use outsource like you're not trying to outsource anything out and you're trying to create this uh, this circle where you don't have to grab resources from out other farms compared to sustainability that's only like Oh, like sustainability would fall under the solar panels, right? We have these solar panels all around Las Vegas to be able to be sustainable at the casinos. But yet to, cre to create these land, these land areas for these solar panels, they're like animals can no longer live there. So all these desert animals that we have around here are, are being dislocated because we're putting in these solar panels. So how sustainable really are they? And then after 25 years, when they're not working, like, what are we supposed to do with these solar panels? Mm, good so, point. Yeah, so for me, that was my big switch. And I'm not saying nothing's wrong with sustainability. I still think that if you're practicing sustainability, it's it's helping the earth, right? Because it's not taking. You're, you're still trying to balance it out. There you go. Couldn't think about the word. You're trying to balance out what you're what you're taking and giving to the earth so but for me the bigger picture is regenerative creating these systems where they can sustain themselves instead of us going in there and helping them you know that's why mario mario from uh nevada plants is so big on agroforestry right because these trees we plant them and then you don't have to you don't they pretty much take care of themselves if they you have irrigation and then they're gonna be here for 10 20 30 years and then perennial planting or like that's what agroforestry is focuses a lot on is like having these perennial native plants and permaculture as well permaculture is focused on having like native native techniques to grow in like with your garden and it's all these plants that come back every year and we don't have to really do, it's not that labor intensive compared to an annual planting right like corn you have to go back every year to plant it and then artichoke you just leave it there and it grows the same thing for asparagus same things for strawberries or raspberries all these things come back so if we can create these systems where there's food in, in parks instead of having just like regular trees we can have like raspberry orange trees or lemon trees and that's what that's what mario and nevada plants want to do right they want to create these these systems where everyone contributes everyone's like everyone's benefiting from it you know and i think mm -hmm. sustainability sustainability is so easy to greenwash and you jump right into my next question with um crop rotation yes so crop rotation is pretty much the same thing right you're you're giving diversity to the farm you're you're creating this you're 
So industry farming or like big agriculture, they focus on monocropping of plants. So they do fields to fields of corn or they do fields to fields of soil, soybeans. I mean, sorry, soil, soybeans. And so that's not good because you're not creating, you're not rotating it. You're just, that just erodes the, let's say if corn, I can't think off my head. If the corn uses a lot of, a type of nutrition from that, like if they use a lot of nutrition from that soil, then you want to, or like tomatoes, I'll use tomatoes as a plant. Tomato takes a lot of nutrition out of the ground. I mean, or it takes a lot of nitrogen out of the ground. So then you want to put plant in after tomatoes, a good plant to put in would be something that a plant that offers a lot of nitrogen and a lot of plant, a lot of plants or a lot of beans offer nitrogen, so that's good, or cover crops, right? You put in this crop, uh, clovers or rice in for for like a month and you give the soil time to rest. And that's what the crop rotation is, right? We're trying to, if a plant, a certain plant depletes it from a nutrient, then we put in a crop that gives it that same nutrients that it got depleted from. And that's why it's important. And it's one of the big things that organic farming uh, has to focus on if you want to be certified. Good point. Uh, and you're talking about uh, depleting soils. And I want to talk on that too as well. Uh, as we already know that uh, at one point, uh, we had a, a person on here on our show that was uh, heavily, uh, a heavy topic such was chemtrails and uh, what they're doing, to, uh, what it does in effect of uh, robbing the ground of its nutrition. And then we try to go in and plant uh, with these chemtrails, uh, chemicals in the soil, and maybe we're not producing it, uh, the right produce or we're getting half the yield as we were maybe a previous year or two prior. Uh, can you tell us maybe how to maybe combat that uh, chemtrail spray that we so often see when we look in the sky with those planes flying around? Yeah, so one way that we can fix the soil, like we touched on earlier, is just the compost, right? And then getting the eggshells on there and getting banana peels on there and getting the cover crops because... And then also no-till, right? You don't want to till the, the ground because when you till the ground, that's that's why big agriculture has such a big problem with erosion is because they're going in there with these till uh, these tilling, tilling machines and they use the, the big claws on the till machines to just kill all that topsoil, all those microorganisms in the topsoil. Now, so for those, one way to who's now for those who are not familiar with tilling, maybe explain that process a little bit or the machine. For the machine, okay, yeah. So the machine is you can do it even without a machine, but it's just like these claws that dig into the soil, maybe about like I'm guessing like two or three feet, and they're trying to work the soil. They're trying to mix it up, right, loosen it up, so then these machines can come in and drop the seeds, and then just cover it with the chain afterwards. So uh, it's it's an attachment to a tractor that pretty much works the soil, and it's not. So that's how that's the tillage. And for organic farmers, we use no-till, which is not as heavy as a tiller. You just it's more like plastic blade, uh, like circular blades on a tractor, and it just lightly works it on top. But you're not digging in those two or three feet and killing all that. 
all the, that humus, what I said, like that live soil that has the earthworms. So that's what happens to the chemtrails too. You're just spraying, you're spraying the pesticides over these land, these like acres of acres of land. And like we said, they have to get all these gases that aren't good. And then they expect the soil's not going to, it's not going to benefit off that. It's not going to take it. So that's why it ends up dying because it's not absorbing. It's not. There's nothing. There's the plant. There's nothing for the for the soil to take in, and then they just come in and they crop. They chop off all these lands of corn and soybeans, and then they don't plant nothing afterwards. It stays bare through the whole winter, right? And it just snows. So if you get some cover crops on there, like rye and clovers, they're big on nitrogen. Nitrogen too. So if you put them in there, even if it snows, you still have stuff growing under the snow, and it's and it's still giving life to the to the soil. So the best way to do it would be no-till composting, like adding compost on top, and sometimes you can even just throw mulch on there, like any type of dry leaves or anything, just to cover the soil. From the uh, spray itself. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, like the chemtrails, like that's the w- one thing, right? Like if you're if you're an organic farmer and you have if you have a neighbor that isn't an organic farmer, then you have to create these barriers between the farm, right? So you cannot, you don't get that residue, or you don't get that leftover spray, like you said. I think that's what you're talking about, right? These machines that come in and spray the spray, and then it's still going onto these lands that aren't. That, that are organic so for farms that are like that have that issue that are next to an organic farm or next to a non-organic farm they have to create barriers like tree like tree walls or a bush wall like of a certain plant you know duly noted duly noted i want to talk on uh uh one detail because i believe you say you were traveling uh back and forth uh, throughout the country, and one stop was in Detroit. Oh, no, I actually, I wish I would have gone to Detroit, but I think we were talking about uh, community gardens, and that's why I brought up Detroit, because, okay, there's, yeah, there is some community, there is some, there's community gardens here in Vegas, and they're super important, but one of the, my best stories for community gardens is Detroit, right? So Detroit has had this big issue in the 90s where, like, there was just, very like a lot of unemployment and so the kid so a lot of urban kids were getting into trouble and grace grace lee boggs is this like huge activist in the 1940s that also helped like malcolm x and helped martin luther king back in the day and she was big in african-american community out there and her and her husband uh i think his name is jay lee bob i can't remember his name sorry but it's boggs too but her and her husband started this program called Detroit Summers and it's all these urban gardens like throughout the city and definitely like the low income side of towns where all the urban kids would come and learn how to farm and then the urban kids would bring their parents and more and more people started getting involved and you can even hear like rappers talk about these gardens from Detroit like local rappers will talk about the gardens in their songs so that's why I brought up Detroit because I just think Detroit has such an impact with these community gardens you know like it brought in 
rappers, they brought in dancers, they brought in activists, they brought in these urban kids that were doing bad. That's like urban, they say like gardening saved their life. And so for, for me, the importance of community gardens is really big. Can you, can you talk about the community garden out here in Las Vegas as well? Yeah, uh, so one uh, the one that I help out with is San, uh, San Miguel Garden, and it's off of, I think, uh, Rancho and, like, Jones Boulevard. Uh, but you guys can also just look it up online and find it. But it's, it's ran by this man named uh, Mo, and they always have events on Saturdays where you can go in there and plant the they just did a planting for ukraine where they planted a bunch of sunflowers for them and honor for them because i think that's their national uh flower all right and so and they also give free food so you can go in there and you can harvest the food that's growing on here they, as well as all they also do sorry i'm a little nervous uh, they also they also provide workshops they also provide just a space and they have a like a space where you can go and de-stress right and get your hands into the soil and they have a library a little free library in there too but yeah yeah, it's really amazing and then i know that i want to start giving or start creating one uh around like maybe the downtown area so i've been hitting up different areas that i can possibly look into like starting a garden yeah because i believe you were also uh starting your own uh, maybe garden soon community garden as well uh, that you were speaking of yeah um so it's, i don't want to talk about it too much because i haven't proposed it yet but i have found a space and i do and i'm going to start thinking about proposing container gardening to them and uh i'm already really close to them and we decided that if we do move forward we're going to be giving workshops on like container gardening and how so that's kind of like what you were talking about earlier right these people that don't have access to outdoor gardens they can still do container gardening in their apartments it's just like you can recycle that cat litter box or a plastic box that your cat litter comes in and drill holes in the bottom and fill it up with soil and plant a tomato plant in there or you can use a five gallon paint container or the mono tubs. Like there's so many ways of growing food that we don't know of because we're not shown this as the younger kids. So that's what I want to focus my time on this summer is getting that garden started and being able to offer workshops here in Las Vegas on how to start that soil. Like you said, even just teaching them what you can use to fertilize your soil. what what containers work for what areas if you have the space you can even do raised beds you know you i don't think anything should stop somebody from starting a garden like i don't have that much sunlight in my house and i use grow lights inside my house to start seedlings you know mm-hmm. there's going to be uh, an event coming up this weekend uh, april 30th at diversions amusement uh, where Vegan Wonderland Las Vegas uh, will be hosting a pop-up market uh, for vegan vendors, uh, and and in that, Nevada Plants will be uh, giving away giving away trees. Uh, yeah. At a, at a booth, 
Now, for those who may uh, may be able to come out here and maybe enjoy that atmosphere, or for maybe those who may not be able to, and maybe just going to a uh, tree nursery and maybe picking up a tree, what are some of the maybe important things that they should know once they get the tree and how they properly uh, plant it first and then the care and maintenance of it? Yeah, uh, so one of the first things you want to definitely, before you buy this tree, you want to check out your backyard or the area you want to put it in and make sure the soil is is healthy or workable in that area. So what you can do is like dig uh, maybe like a two or three foot like um, circle in the ground, like deep and, and make it pretty like, yeah, three or feet, three feet deep and mm-hmm. stick like a, a pool in there and then wrap and fill up the fill up that that hole with water, and then like uh, maybe put like a tape or something or a ribbon around the pool so you can see where the water line was, and then see how how fast that like it drains the water drains. Like, go check it in thirty minutes. If it's still not drained, then you go check it in thirty minutes, and it took an hour, and then that way you know how well your water is like like the water is or how it drains into the sorry to the <laughs> yeah to the roots and and that you can figure out if you need to get better soil right one thing i've seen nevada plants do at these nevada i mean at these plantings is that they bring their own compost and mulch so when they dig these holes out if they see that the like the soil's really dry or very clay then they get better soil, right? You can, I would always suggest getting organic soil and not using these big name brand soil, uh, a soil, like soil, commercial soils, uh, yeah. like Lowe's. So there's uh, one of the soils I use that I, I buy like at the nurseries is called Happy Frogs. And that's just really rich in, uh, in nutrition and, and mac. So you want to use that. That's a little, if that's too little expensive, you can always go on to online and reach out to like those Facebook groups, those gardening groups, and see if anybody has compost to give or anybody has good soil to hand out. And you get the soil and then you put it in the, you mix it up with the other soil that's already in that hole. So you're trying to create like a, you're not trying to shock it, like shock the soil either, right? So you're trying to just mix it in with the other soil that's there. You plant the tree and the mulch. So that's important. Remember, we we're talking about the gill, the gills around the trees. Mulch will help it. So you can use like wood chips as a mulch and put it around the tree, uh, and it'll keep it moist. So those are the things that you can do to prep, right? And then uh, just seeing like what, seeing what works in Las Vegas or your area. What native plants or native trees are there? So like, if apple trees work better in California, then obviously then plant an apple tree. I think here. In Las Vegas, they were saying that almonds and pomegranates do really well. So, like an almond tree is really good. Pomegranates are good. But honestly, I've seen all kinds of trees planted around the city. And as long as they have access to water, they do pretty well. Thank you. Thank you. Now, uh, for those who may be interested in maybe doing maybe one-on-one sessions with you, um, is there some type of way they can reach you by social media or any? away yeah so um i'm on on instagram known as uh campancina compansion which means uh, i don't know if you guys log on to on the wake radio they tag me on a lot of their posts so you guys can just actually me 
or sorry, get a hold of me from from there. And if they need any help with like organic farming tips, um, I'm actually working for as an organic inspector, so I know a lot of the regulations and can help people who are also trying to like get certified in organic, like get an organic certification. And for those who may want that spelling, uh, C-A-M-P-E-S-I-N-A, period, C-O-N, period, P-A-S-I-O-N. If you want to take a look at her page on Instagram, very nice. And I've seen uh, a lot of these pictures here doing with uh, composting and planting. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. I definitely have a bunch of uh, just pictures of like seedlings coming up and a lot of the pictures from when I was out in Iowa and learning how to grow. Um, So, yeah, just definitely reach out if you guys have any questions or need help with getting that your hands dirty. I can help you. Definitely. So I'm glad you uh, were able to uh, stop in and give us some education on soil science, which we all need for uh, the first time beginners, maybe planting a garden for the first time. We've never done anything of such as getting their hands dirty or any dirt under their nails uh, like we're expressing here today. So I definitely want to thank you. No, thank you for having me and being patient with me. I'm so glad I was able to come on here. I apologize. I was a little nervous, but I'm still really happy I came on here and challenged myself to this. No, we welcome you as well. Uh, now, I believe uh, we want to do a rapid fire. Do you have enough time for that, maybe? A couple of questions? Yeah. Uh, just to get the people to know who you are, and I believe Cindy will be uh, taking that over right about now. I'm so excited. I get to play rapid fire. <laughs> I don't know what to do with myself. I'm the worst. Are you ready for rapid fire? Yes. TV or music? Music. Meat or vegetables? Ooh, veggies. Veggies or fruits? Um, definitely veggies. Holidays or birthdays? I would say birthdays. Dine out or cook in? I like both, but currently I have to dine in, so I'm going to have to say dine in. You got a favorite book? I do. It is called The Alchemist. You got a favorite movie? The Need to Grow. What were you going to say about that book? You got another book? It's okay. It's your world. You can I say whatever you want. Another, <laughs> I do have another uh, book. It's called The Absolute Truth of a Part-Time Indian. And that book changed my life. Wow. You got a favorite documentary? I Actually, I used that one for my favorite movie. And it's called The Need to Grow. Oh, okay. Cool. Um, how about a superpower you wish you had? I've always said that I wanted to be able to uh, just the like the movie Jump, just travel to wherever I wanted to, to go. So, <laughs> no, that's dope. If you had to come back to this place, would you be a tree, mountain, volcano, or animal? Oh man. 
I, I would have to go with mountain just because I'm already tall. So I would want to still be tall. I mean, technically, that's immortal, right? A mountain is like so, so yeah. immortal. Uh, I was going to say tree, but then you said mountain. And I was like, oh, man, mountain is just like you got all of it. You got trees. You got everything. Exactly. How about a favorite color? My favorite color is green. Me too. You're like Lisa. I'm definitely coming to Vegas. Um, favorite hobby? <laughs> My favorite hobby currently is the dance group I'm in. Um, so I just became part of an ethnic dance group here in Las Vegas. And it's bringing me so much joy and healing. Oh, that's beautiful. Favorite show as a child? Ooh, Tom and Jerry. Very nice. What's the biggest accomplishments you've made with any collaborations you've been doing? I think my biggest accomplishment for myself was getting back to school. And with here in Las Vegas is just getting, being able to like meet people and make these connections. Right. I met Joel and then I also met Nevada Plant. And then I met this awesome dance group called Kapuri Tarte Loco. So it's, I, for me, it's when I came back to Las Vegas and I started working inside of the community. That's beautiful. Shout out to Joel Saji, make me free. Uh, beach or pool? Uh, beach. Action or comedy? Comedy. Shower or bath? Ooh, shower. Love or money? Love. Love or respect? Respect. Reading or watching TV? Reading. Sunrise or moonlight? Ooh, moonlight. A friendship forever or the love of your life but short-lived? Oh, I think the love of a friend forever. A pet peeve you may have. Oh, I don't like when people shoot gum in front of me. Hilarious. A fear you wish you could vanquish from humanity. Being vulnerable. You step into a time portal. What year would it be? And would you have, would you save anyone or change anything or just be an observer? Oh, well, you made me feel selfish because when you <laughs> the first thing I said, I was like, I would just go back to see Chalino Sanchez, which is a famous Norteño singer from Mexico. I mean, from LA area in the nineties. This is your world. You could do whatever you want. You don't have to feel selfish. <laughs> Yo, you, listen, you're growing food for us. How can you be selfish? You're feeding us. <laughs> True that. Thank you. Three people you wish you could meet and pick their brains. Now, they could be living or they could be made up or they could be from the past or not living. Oh, okay. 
I think I would definitely want to pick my grandmother's. Uh, that my grandmother. Uh, she passed away when I was 13, and I feel like there's so many questions I would want to ask her about, like my ancestors and just her personal life as well. And then the second person would have to be my grandfather too. He just passed away recently, so uh, so I would just want to have that time to ask him all those questions I never got the chance to. And the third person would probably have to be Bob Marley. That's dope. So basically, abuela, abuelo, and Bob Marley. All right. Yeah. <laughs> You're going. He just knew. He just had it. He, Bob Marley had the answers for everything. He, it was one love, right? We had to learn how to love each other. It's like every damn song was like a, a Confucius fucking singing. I swear to you. <laughs> yes, I agree. That's why I had to pick him. <laughs> You're going on a road trip. What are three people you're going to take with you? Ooh, definitely my mom, because she loves to travel. My friend Erica. And I would have to say my partner. Beautiful. What would you tell yourself as a teen or a little girl if you were to time travel back to yourself? Don't be afraid of the sun, girl. That's powerful. Now, last but not least, what do you desire for your life and your legacy? Let's speak it into existence. I wish to give back in the community, to the community as much as I possibly can, and to live a life with no hate. And if the time travelers were to listen to this, tell them who you are, or perhaps your great-great-grandchildren, Tell them something about yourself, because this is forever, ever, 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 ever. I would tell them that their grandmother was a woman that loved to grow food and to connect with people making making food. I thank you for playing Rapid Fire. You're amazing. Oh, the people can't get enough of you. They can't get enough of you. Thank you, Joelle. She's the best. Thank you. Thank you. Shout out to the food growers. Welcome all you to the show. Thank you for growing the food that we do eat consistently. (laughs) It's my pleasure. It really is. Uh, Definitely. Thank you for the education. I think we most needed that. Um, um, for those, again, just starting out, um, and for those who may have uh, a little knowledge on it, but here, um, again, <clears throat> knowledge is power, uh, from, from my understanding, and all information that you obtain is knowledge. So it's always best to, you know, if you can hear something, understand it, then you have a power to grow with that understanding. And tonight we found out that there are 17 nutritions uh, for soil uh, that are much needed to grow a healthy plant. Uh, three main, I believe we covered uh, nitrogen, uh, phosphate, and what was the other third one? Potassium. Potassium. And I believe we started off as well uh, mentioning uh, hot compost, cold compost, and Burma uh, with the worms. Yes. 
we also talked about farming and sustainable living, uh, chemtrails, depleted soils, uh, tilling versus non-tilling, uh, soft tilling, uh, enriching the soil with beans uh, that gives it nutrition. Yeah, and it also gives it nitrogen because they're rich in nitrogen. So that would be a good plant to grow after tomatoes. There you go. We also talk about uh, maintenance in outdoor versus indoor gardening, uh, companion planting, uh, which is very important uh, for certain sections of the regions of the country. And we also talked about planting uh, trees and uh, before you plant a tree, what you should uh, go about finding out uh, in your land or your ground before you actually plant the tree. So that was a good up too. I like that. Is there anything that we may have missed during this whole conversation? No, I'm trying to look. Um. Well, I just wanted to say that you know the reason why it's so important is if we don't do these changes. Within 50 to 60 years, the earth won't have any topsoil for us to grow food in. So we definitely need to start practicing no-till, cover crops, and composting if we want to find a solution to these erosions that we're seeing all throughout the country and also throughout the world. And again, if you want to hit her up personally for a one-on-one session or just a, a question you may have, or maybe she can guide you um, for a little fee uh, in getting your garden started uh, in this course. You can reach her at campesina.com.com, C-A-M-P-E-S-I-N-A, period, C-O-N, period, P-A-S-I-O-N. That is Instagram as well. And again, we want to thank you for tuning in tonight and thank you again our guests for giving this opportunity to uh, pick your brain <laughs> thank you so much it was a pleasure and an honor all right um any last words any final thoughts before we, before we just, a, just if anybody was wondering that stands for farmer with passion for my mm-hmm. ig name <laughs> and there you go and there you go So, again, we want to thank you, the listener, for tuning in and giving us the opportunity uh, to give you some knowledge, as we always do here at On The Wake Up Radio. And, again, you can catch our replays at otwtube.com, where it is free speech friendly. Uh, But, again, we want to thank you all for tuning in. Shout out to our super producer, Sydney Ashby. Love you as well. Uh, You can tune in next week, Sunday, same time, 7 p.m. to 7.30 Eastern Standard Pacific Standard Time. That's 10 o'clock p.m. and that's 10.30 Eastern Standard Time. And again, you're listening to our segment, Make Me Free, here on the Wake Up Radio. I'm your host, Joel Saiji, and until next week, peace. Thanks for keeping the lights on, Dian. On the wake up. How to sign up for OTWTube. Type in OTWTube in your browser. It will bring up the home page. Then you click the little man with the plus sign to open up an account. Use your best email. Select a 
username and then enter a good secure password. Now you're at the home page, click the key to log in to your account using your password with your username. Now search in the search bar for OTW2, which is the page we're going to subscribe to. Click subscribe, click add as friend, as well as click where the videos are. Click on a video to view, like that video, as well as comment. And your exercise is done. Thank you for your support. Kids Shop Yet organization programs are finally here. Visit KSYET.org to register. We provide you with the mindset change information as an introduction to doing business in America. Our Beginner's Instructional Services Manual introduces the basic fundamentals to knowledge and understanding to begin your ladder to success. Call us at 725-200-8342. That's 725-200-8342 for more info. Kids Shop Yet Class sign up for the high school, young adult, and grown folks programs can be found at our website, ksyet.org. That's ksyet.org. If you don't decide your future, someone else will. Pass it on. Attention, African Americans. Our healthy and secure position in America is not going to come just because we've been here and have contributed to this country for several centuries. It is not going to come by just waiting for America to do the right thing. The culture of America is grounded in the evil driving force called the survival of the fittest. This concept justified racism and exploitation. This concept is still strong and is a major player in many of America's policies today. In ignorance, many of us have tagged along with this man-made cancer. But the Bible says, Envy not the oppressor, and choose none of his ways. Therefore, we must turn more of our energies to the appreciation and the development of our own selves instead of begging those who pushed us down to extend their hands to pull us up. Look to the strength that God has created in you. We must stand up, assess the damage, put on the armor of self-appreciation, the sword of a healthy mindset, and fight. We are in a war in a serious mindset battle. A good starting step would be reading the book titled They Stole It But You Must Return It by Richard Williams. This book looks at the slavery experiences in America 
and how these experiences still affect African Americans and white Americans today. It is an easy and quick read. The book offers insights. It also offers methods and ways for the black family to become strong and healthy. And because of the many requests and the continuing need, this bestseller has been reprinted. But also it is available now on your iPhone, iPad, or computer. Now you can easily download the book from Amazon.com for only $3.99. Every American should read this book. It is a primer. To think unity, we must start with the same information. Get and read this book now. It is time for a mindset revolution. Yeah, just get your body to move. Why do I need to? Why do I need to?